Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Dwayne's World for Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. You can find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. The number, if you'd like to join me for Midday Matters, short edition today, only an hour and a bit of Midday Matters. We're heading to the cricket about 1.30. So a quick Midday Matters, one 736 Get on the line now. Still the same amount of prizes to give away. We've got some Signet Boost Power Banks valid at $44.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. And we've got a beautiful new AI1 putter from Odyssey to give away as well. The number one putter in golf. So we've got that to give away as part of our prize cabinet today. So Midday Matters, you call, you get on. one 736 Anything in the world you'd like to discuss in the world of sport. We'll get you on for the next, well, hour and a half, not two hours. Midday Madness is for work locker Karen Downs and packing them workwear for wherever you work. Just been talking to Sammy Eben about who's got the toughest start to the year. Have you had a look at your fixture? Because I had to put in my eight, obviously, this week, and we've talked about that a bit as to who I've got in the eight and out of the eight. And I've got the dogs in the eight and the Saints out of the eight, and we've argued whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. Part of the reason is because I think the Saints have got a really tough start to the year. I mean, the Saints started brilliantly last year. They were flying last year. I think the Saints have got the toughest start to the year of any team. I haven't picked the whole season yet for the tips like I did last year, but I will. But one of my worries for the Saints is this tough start to their year. I think of all the teams, um, I think they could start 0-2, and two, which is going to knock them around a bit maybe. But look, I, I had a look at the... I've actually done the the... Ladder predictor for the first seven rounds to give me some sort of indicator as to who I think should make the eight. That's part of the reasoning for my eight. And I had a look at it. I've got a heap of teams after seven rounds on six and one. I've got the Bulldogs, six wins and one loss. Brisbane, six wins and one loss. Carlton, six wins and one loss. Port Adelaide, six wins and one loss. Sydney, six wins and one loss after seven games. Then Collingwood, 5-2. Suns, 5-2. Melbourne, 5-2. That's the way I've got it. I've, I've also got the Saints starting 0-2. Let's start the season. They've got Geelong at GMHBA Stadium. Geelong unveiling their new grandstand. So it's a pretty tough ask to beat Geelong down at the Cattery round one or their first game. And then they've got Collingwood at the MCG. Very tough start for the Saints. So, yeah, the season's not over if they start 0-2, but it will be a lot different opposite to the last year's start to the season they had, which was a ripper. I think Richmond's got a tough start of the year as well. I think they could have a look at this. They could start 0-4. 0-5. Huge game for Richmond first up. They play the Suns on the Gold Coast. And then they've got Carlton at the MCG, Sydney, and then St Kilda at Gather Round in Norwood. So tough start for Richmond. I think Hawthorne's got a tough start of the year as well. Huge game for Hawthorne first up. Essendon at the MCG. A winnable game for the Hawks, yeah. But then they've got Melbourne at the MCG. Geelong, Collingwood, and Suns at Metricon. Their next few games. So... Really tough start for Hawthorne. So that's one of my worries there. But your thoughts on your start of the season, one 736 I think the Saints have got arguably the toughest start to the year. And, yeah, going through my tips for the first seven rounds, um, I've got them starting off uh, with a little rocky start at 0-2. But Andrew Nidri's on the line. We'll get to you, one 736 One here from Mike. Surely you've got Geelong in the bottom five. I don't have them in the eight, the Cats. I certainly don't have them in the eight. This year, I'm happy for them to prove me wrong. It is interesting when you have a look at, and again, gamble responsibly. Remember what you're gambling with. The way the bookies have their markets framed. So the bookies have got the Saints to miss the eight as well. They, their top eight, well, sports bet one top eight, is Collingwood, Brisbane, Giants, Carlton, Melbourne, Port, Sydney and Adelaide uh, are the top eight teams according to their betting. And then a heap of teams they predict will win 11 and a half games. So Geelong, Bulldogs, Essendon, Gold Coast and St Kilda, they've got all winning 11 and a half games. That's the over and under for those teams on the Sportsbet website. So, yeah, I think um, it's going to be tough in that run for eight spot. Um, there's, there's probably going to be five wins less for those teams in the middle rung of the ladder this year as well. If you think about it, if North Melbourne is to go from three wins to six wins this year. And West Coast is to go from three wins to six wins this year, as most are predicting. There's six less wins for some of those teams above them. 
So, yeah, the bookies know their stuff. That's why I tend to have a look at what they're doing. But your thoughts on all this? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. Got a Dwayne from Epping on the road, uh, on the line. Um, Con from Preston on the line. Andrew and Nidri will get to you as well. You can send through your texts. 0433981116 for the all-new Temper Pro, T-E-M-P-U-R. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Con in Preston, we might start with you. Welcome to you, Con. G'day, Pipey. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. What do you got you for there? us? Yeah, um, you're on the air. First, first time, long time. Um, I'm, no one brought this up during the Australian Open, but Stefanos Tsitsipas, on his, on his serving hand, had a sweatband the same colour as the ball. And it just brought me back to, I think it was Steve Smith and Kirtley Ambrose. Steve Smith complaining Dean about Jones, that. Dean Jones, I think. Dean Jones, I think, it? was the one that asked Curtly to take the, the, the sweatbands off. Yes. Yeah, and no one mentioned that uh, in the Australian Open, that why would he have, because it didn't match his, uh, his uniform, he didn't match his clothes, but it was a perfect match, this sweatband, for the ball on the serving hand. And I, I think that's the kind um, of stuff I... a little bit of a t- tactic. Uh, things that make you go, mm, Con, you're a little earlier uh, than normal, but I like it, Con. And for an early, things that made me go, mm, got something for you. I might even throw you the Signet Boost Power Bank. Great to have you on. Signet Boost Power Banks will come your way in the mail if you leave your details with our producer. Uh, they're valued at forty-four ninety-five, by the way. Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. I like it. An early thing that make me go, mm. Dwayne and Epping. Welcome to you, Dwayne. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, I heard you speaking about golf earlier. The season opener for the Live, uh, the Live Golf is uh, starting tomorrow. And uh, Google have just gotten on board with um, every player, every shot. So you can follow every player, every shot, whoever you want. And obviously, we want Cam Smith and the Aussies to go well. And people who, uh, who aren't really interested in the Live might, might, get, uh, might get on board now. So I uh, thought I'd give a bit of a... Heads up to all the golf lovers out there. Get on board and let's hey. let's follow the Aussies. No, I appreciate it, Dwayne. The, um, when's the live in Adelaide next? Have they got that date locked in? I th- yeah, it is. It's um, uh, Anzac Day weekend, I believe, the weekend after. So okay. the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and the thirtieth, I believe. But that that's going to be bigger than the Australian Open that we have here. They, they got a massive crowd last year, and they sold out within within days this year, so it's going to be good. Yes, yeah, the I think the week before Gather Round is when it's on, so that's going to be fantastic. Dwayne, I'm hoping to get across myself. I know it's sold out. Um, might have to have a word to a few people to see if I can sneak in there uh, on someone's uh, junket, but I appreciate your call. Dwayne, hold the line. We've got something for you as well. Seeing as you love your golf, you've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart down at Club Mandalay. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek from just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Andrew Nidri. Uh, we're going to you, Andrew. Great to have you on. Uh, yeah, thank you again. Essendon um, has a, a, a fairly, oh, I think, a very um, hard start because we play um, Hawthorne in the first round, which you just pointed out could be a toss-up. Then the Swans in Sydney. Then the Saints. Then Port in, in Adelaide, then the Doggies, mm. then the Crows in Adelaide, and then we play Collingwood. So that's not going to be that's that's extremely hard to start. Four out of the eight you picked for the finals, we play we play off in the first uh, seven rounds. Uh, you know, so, so Andrew, it's the, the reason I'm with you, the reason I'm right with you on this is because again, I did a couple of days ago, I did my ladder predictor after seven games before I decided on what eight I would go with for the. SEN tipping, and I had Essendon either one and six after seven games, or two and five after seven games. That, that you're right about their start. That Hawthorne game, I think, is got to be critical. There's some big games in the opening round and round one, and if you're unaware, there's an opening round and round one this year. Some of the biggest games are actually involving some of the lesser teams. The Suns and Richmond on the Gold Coast is a huge opening round game. It might not sound big. But to win or lose that is going to be huge, I reckon. And a couple in the second round, well, Carlton Richmond's always big. Essendon and Hawthorne is huge 
Andrew. That, that's a big, it's a big point for the Essendon Footy Club. If you lost to Hawthorne, then I think you could end up being one and six. Well, that's right. Um, but I, I, as I'm predicting a, a bumper year for the Bombers, we could be 7-7. Seven, mm. seven. seven wins and no losses. What? But that's, that's because uh, I'm biased yep. and, and, and I've got <laughs> rose-covered rose glasses. But uh, don't tell it to anybody, any of viewers, because uh, they might have, a, they might think I'm nuts. But um, yeah, so no, you're right. We, we, look, if Essendon can break even out of that seven round, mm. or close enough to even, you know, three, three wins or four wins, then we're on the, we're not, yeah. we're, we're heading for the eight. But um, if we have that one six scenario, it, it's going to be very difficult to come back from, you know. Yeah, well, I've got you either one, six, or two and five. That that first game is huge. Hey, great to have your call, Andrew. We've got a few callers on the line. Grant and Safety Beach is on the line as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Midday Madness shorter edition. I want to get as many calls to wear in the opening hour of the program because we do have a shorter edition. We're heading to the MCG at around one forty today. So, Grant and Safety Beach, welcome to you, Grant. Hey, Pod, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good. Uh, good, I'm glad to hear it. Listen, I just wanted to talk about the PGA and how the standard of golf is just dropping away with all these planes switching across to live. You know, you've lost John Rahm and now you've lost Cheryl Hatton. It's just amazing the number of players that are switching across. So the longer this goes, the worse it is for the PGA not joining up with live, do you think, Grant? Oh, absolutely. And there's no doubt that sponsors are going to start jumping off the PGA because all the good players aren't there anymore. So is Tiger going to save it? Is Rory McIlroy going to save it, Grant? Or are there too many guys jumping off to make you think that it might be a ship that ends up sinking? I, I don't think either Tiger or Rory can save it. I think they're both fantastic golfers, but I think it's just gone too far now. Yeah, so what do you think they'll do? Do you think they'll end up going back with an olive branch and saying, please give us a hug, we want to be part of you? Or do you think Liv is just going to come, become so big that Liv becomes the number one and PGA Tour becomes secondary, a bit like the European Tour has always been secondary to the PGA? I, I honestly think and honestly hope that it's an amalgamation and there isn't a, yeah. a, a better tour out of the two of them. I think if it, if it becomes a world tour, which is what Liv want, um, I think it would be much better for the game of golf. Well, I think in terms of whether you're a supporter of Live or you're not a supporter of Live, but you're a sport fan or a golf fan, you know that a tournament is going to be better if all the big guns are playing in it. Now, whether that's a Live PGA event, whether that's a Live Only event, if it's a Live Only event, maybe there's a lot of people that won't go to it or watch it on TV, but any tournament, any sport that's got all the best players playing in it, and we saw that with World Series cricket when that happened and revolutionised cricket, everybody wanted to go and see the World Eleven play Australia. That was just a, a phenomenal uh, phenomenal event that Kerry Packer with the super test and the revolutionisation of or revolution of cricket um, you know, changed the world forever. So Liv's changed the golf world forever. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Grant, great to have you call. Really appreciate you jumping on. Hold the line we've got. We'll give you the AI1 putter from Odyssey. The number one putter in golf. Hold the line, Grant, down at Safety Beach and I'll be broadcasting from the golf on Monday. So I'm looking forward to uh, tell you more about that a little bit later on the program. But need to get to a break and take more of your calls. one 736 is the number if you'd like to join me. That's the open line. Midday matters for work locker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Work where for wherever you work. If you'd like to join me, one 736 736 Or you want to send through a text, 0433981116 is the 40 Winks text number. But as I always say... It is Talkback Radio, so I'd rather have a chat to you. So please jump on the line, get back to your calls next. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Straight back to your calls and your texts for Midday Matters. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Matters promise. And the number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on for the next hour. And you can send through your text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Got a few things to give away to a couple of our callers in the next half an hour, including 
Some tickets to the Beer Fest at Katani Garden St Kilda on Saturday 24th of February. Get your tickets now at www.beerfestivals.com.au and a Signature Boost Power Bank and a couple of Dwayne's World T-shirts as well to give away. And one here on the text, uh, Dwayne, um, not interested in the putter, but would love a Dwayne's World T-shirt. Loving the increase of netball talk and can't wait for the season to kick off. Uh, Vixens and Hutchies Mavs will be a great rivalry. Also pumped for the Super Bowl call Super Bowl call on SEN, even though I can't stand both teams. Peter in Doreen, thanks for your text, Peter. And you've left your address. I'm going to get you a Dwayne's World T-shirt sent to you. Got a few of those to give away today as well to callers, but uh, we'll send you one now that Hutchie's got them printed off. So uh, thanks for your text, Peter, and um, expect it to be coming your way very soon. Some other texts coming out uh, my way. One here, or just telling me you can still get an instant coffee at the TAB. I asked Sammy Edmund. I haven't been to... It's been a while since I've sat at a TAB, had a sandwich and an instant coffee and, and spent an hour or two there. Um, but uh, you can still get an instant coffee at some of them. So thanks for confirmation of that as well. Hey, Pipe, S- I'll get a few random texts. I've got a random text here. Um, Dwayne, uh, Queens of the Stone Age are coming to town soon. That could be a goer. Easily the best live band on the planet in their prime. Uh, thanks for that, Craig. Um, yeah, I'll see if A-Rod can get a little bit of Queens of the Stone Age. Maybe uh, I Sat by the Oceans, probably their best one that I can think of off the top of my head. Thanks for your random text. Always good to have... Texts for random stuff out of nowhere. Pipe, the Hawks beat both the Pies and the Cats last year. People forget that very quickly. So there's one person not in fear of a Hawthorne poor start, even though I've got them starting either one and six or, heaven forbid, zero seven. I think they've got the third toughest start to the season of all teams. I've got St Kilda with the toughest, Richmond second toughest, Hawthorne third toughest. Melbourne, I think, can start the season. They could start zero and two, but it shouldn't knock them around too much. And Essendon, the fifth toughest, given as was spoken about already. Essendon have Hawthorne at the MCG. It's a huge game because after that, they've got a tough run. Sydney, um, the next game after that. And a couple of texters coming through on Essendon's tough run. Hey, Pipe, Essendon. First eight weeks, travel to Adelaide twice. Also to Sydney and Perth and play Collingwood. We'll be happy to be four and four after round eight. Ben in Adelaide, will you do the ladder predictor after seven games and see what you come up with? Because that's what I've done. Tigers will be okay. They have Port and the Swans round two and three at the MCG. They'll win both. That's from Craig. Pretty confident Tigers supporter there. Hi, Dwayne. I'm happy with Hawthorne's start. We killed Collingwood in Brisbane last year. Um, uh, I fear no one. Joe from Roeville. So there's another person that's pretty excited. Hawthorne to jump all the way to eighth. This is another texter. History says a bottom team would jump up. The way they ended the season was impressive. It's hard to say being an Essence supporter from Pete. Thank you, Pete, for that. Um, Dwayne, Richmond, my club. Season could be just about done at 0-2 before 10 sides have even played a game. That's the tough part about Richmond's draw. Not only do they have a tough draw, Richmond, Suns at the Gold Coast and then Carlton at the MCG, but they've got two games before hardly anyone else has actually played. They play an opening round, the Tigers against the Suns on the Gold Coast, and then the first game of round one against Carlton at the MCG, and then, it's still not easy. Sydney at the MCG, St Kilda at Norwood Oval for gather round. Then at least you go to the West, or you play the West Coast Eagles. But the trouble is that's a West Coast Eagles game in Perth. Billy Mount Gambia wants to talk a bit of live as we head back to your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Welcome to your bit, uh, Bill. G'day, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, look, went to live golf last year. I suppose I was one of those pundits out there were worried what it would do to golf and divided would cause and I'm a manager of a golf course and yeah when I went there it was just it was just amazing um the atmosphere the interaction of the players especially with the kids uh and you know then the crowd was just just out of this world and I think it's been great for golf to be honest the sport that I'm I work with it's just uh yeah put another element to it so early on there were a few people spec uh about whether live was going to be good for the game uh, the links that Liv had, a lot of people had to get in their own mind whether they were going to support it or not. Bill, did you and do a lot of your members? You sound like you're working at a golf course. Which one is it? Give it a plug. And did a lot of your members talk the same thing with you as well, having to get through that process? Well, it's a Blue Lake Golf Club public course here in Mount Gambier. And like a lot of them, you know, were, there was a lot you know, against it um, very harshly. But like, and there was some for it as well. And I just think the uh, what it, what it brought to golf, like you look at cricket with 2020, and I think golf needed something. 
uh, apart from COVID. COVID was very good to golf, especially here in South Australia. But, um, yeah, it just needed something and it got rid of that stale aspect of, of golf. And I'm saying that as a manager because, and I might get in trouble for that. Mm. But uh, it, it certainly, it, it was just fantastic. It was the, the music, the way, and they were playing, they were serious. The players were playing. They were playing for, they were playing for the coin. There's no doubt about that. And obviously it's made it easier on their lives not to have to travel as much as what they do in the, in the real world. But, yeah, it's, it's been good for golf. There's no doubt about that. Well, the interesting part, Bill, is that there were some tennis aficionados who didn't like it when tennis embraced music and uh, young fans um, being able to cheer at the party court, as they called it this year at the Australian Open. It seems to have worked for the Big Bash. It seems to have worked for a lot of sports. I mean, the Spring Carnival did it for years. You could go to the Spring Carnival and not watch your horse go around. So at the golf now, the entertainment around it that Liv's been able to provide has changed the world, hasn't it? Oh, look at that. You look at that, uh, the party hole in America and then the party hole, live golf, what, what better way to have a hole in yeah. one? And we, I was there that day and the eruption sounded like, yeah, you, you turn around and said to someone, oh, that was a hole in one. It wasn't just a chip in. That, yeah. It was just amazing. Like, it just lifted the whole golf course and it just, it, it, the height was just amazing. It really was. It was really good. Yeah, I was talking to the Premier of Adelaide when I was over there for the test as well about Liv and uh, he was so excited about what it brought to the city and so excited about being the the front runner to get it back and, and being the, the trendsetter in Australia to have live there first. Hey, great to have you call, Bill. We'll send you up a Dwayne's World T-shirt. I appreciate your, your inside knowledge on golf, given you living it as opposed to just a player who plays it every now and then. Great to have you call and hold the line. We'll get a Dwayne's World T-shirt up to you. Need to take a break for news. Straight back to your call straight after, though. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 It's Midday Madness. <laughs> Good day, Rod. A little bit of Queens of the Stone Age. I've got more Queens of the Stone Age test coming through. That's mine. I sat by the ocean. Uh, I might have a surprise for you coming up after the next ad break with a bit more Queens of the Stone Age. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, just get through these texts first and your calls. one 736 736 is the number if you'd like to join me for a little bit of midday madness for work locker, Karen Downs and Packing and Workwear for wherever you work. Uh, Dwayne, I agree. The Saints have a very tough start to the season. Six interstate games in the first 14 rounds, plus one in Geelong. We don't play a home game at Marvel until round six. And that's the issue with the Saints for me as well. When I did it a couple of days ago and I had to pick my eight, I was thinking to myself, they're going to have a completely different start to the season this year, the Saints. Now, I might knock them around, might not knock them around at all. I mean, there's one here on the text saying, well, maybe teams are going to be better. Uh, hi, Dwayne. Why not the reverse scenario? If teams nail some of the better teams early, surely they'll be set for a high finish in the end. If you want to win the flag, you have to beat them anyway. Um, P.S. I love golf and would love the new putter, especially the way I'm putting at the moment. Bruce from Alfred Cove. Uh, already given it away, Bruce. Thanks for your text, though. I appreciate it. And you might be right on that score. Maybe playing some of the tougher teams first is going to be a better way to start the season. But the Saints got off to a ripper start last year. What were they, 0-5 or something? So, yeah, if they do start 0-2 this year, it will be a different start, that's all. And they'll have to try and overcome it. Geelong at GMHBA Stadium first, and then Collingwood at the MCG, and then Essendon at Marvel, the third game of the year for the Saints. And that could be a massive game. It could be the hardest year ever to win to get a win this year. Mozza from Cobden, again, we might have a more even season than we've ever seen before, especially given how many people are predicting, especially the bookies, predicting teams to finish about 11 or 12 wins this year. But again, if you've got West Coast and North Melbourne winning more games, so North Melbourne going from three games one to six games one, and West Coast likewise from three to six, then instead of making the eight with um, 12 and a half wins like you did last year, you might actually make the eight with 11 and a half wins because the wins are spread a little more. Hi, Dwayne. Looking forward to the show. Saw the Instagram post with photos of the Kia from Werribee Kia. Wowee. It looks awesome. Safe driving. That's from Susan. Yes, we're here for Werribee Kia. The EV9. You can test drive it today at Werribee Kia. I did give it a test run today um, and uh, it was a beautiful test run down the Great Ocean Road early this morning. So, uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, it's on my Instagram. And whilst we're talking about 
Werribee Kia. They're doing some fantastic things down there. You can drop in and see the team. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, and the whole team at Werribee Kia would love to see you. They'll treat you like family. And right now, they've got a swag of brand-new Kias. Uh, the 2024 Picano from 19990, 2024 Stonic from 24990, 2024 Celtos from 3990, 2024 Sportage from 36990, and the 2024 Sorento from 53990, as well as that EV9. You can talk to them about finance options. And remember, if you're looking for a trade-in, they will give you top dollar. And they have about 300-plus late-model used cars in stock ready to go. At Warwickia, Old Geelong Road, Hoppers Crossing, and be sure to check out that ev 9 worrybekia.com.au LMCT double one four. Back to your calls. one 736 next. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. little bit of my son doing Queens of the Stone Age at the Piano Bar. You can check him out at Piano Bar Geelong tomorrow or Piano Bar Ballarat tonight. Uh, a little bit more Queens of the Stone Age. A few more texts coming through on that. Keep your texts coming. 0433-98-1116 if you'd like to join me. For Midday Madness, for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham Workwear for wherever you work. Still got a couple of Dwayne'sworth T-shirts to give away and three tickets to the Beer Fest at Katani Gardens St Kilda on Saturday 24th of February. You can get your tickets to that at www.beerfestivals.com.au. One other thing we've been talking about a bit, Leon Cameron's going to join me after 1 o'clock. So looking forward to the new head of football at the Sydney Swans, uh, former Bulldog star, Giants coach now at the Sydney Swans. He was in charge with their, of their academy last year and he's now their head of football. We'll talk to Leon. We talk about an even fixture we, we haven't had one of those since the old VFL days and it may may never be even given travel for non-Victorian teams and may never be even the fixture because of who gets the big blockbuster games even if we do have an even fixture where you play everyone twice but we talk about you know soft caps for football club staff as well the soft cap for the coaching and the medical staff etc but the rich clubs can obviously pay a penalty for that so there is that outside way of getting through equalisation. We also talk about salary cap suppliers, but living in Sydney we know is more expensive than, say, living in Adelaide or Geelong. So in the salary cap situation is not necessarily fully even. That's why they're talking cost of living allowances in some of those northern states. But the silent growing inequality, I think, is facilities. You know, luring free agents short circuits the draft. And what's the biggest lure for free agents right now and then maybe for next year's mid-season trade lure, it's facilities. And clubs can spend as much as they like on their home, especially if you get your government to kick in. Sydney proudly tell the world they've, well, their freshly opened facility is not just the best in Australia, but one of the best in the world. And it's been because of a lot of government funding. The Cats are about to open up their new venue. Yes, a lot of government funding to get that stadium built at GMHBA Stadium up to a 40,000 capacity. Um, Collingwood's just taken over the glass house, which was an NBL and netball home until Collingwood's men's and f- women's footy program grew into it. The arms race with facilities, I think, is a real thing. But your thoughts on it, is it or not? Because I think I think it is, and it hasn't been talked about at all. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number if you've got a thought on the arms race when it comes to facilities and whether that's going to be able to lure players that the clubs with poor facilities can't get. The Suns blame their poor, well, they call it rat-infested facility for their first decade of woe. The Bulldogs have just unveiled their new fantastic facility finally. So they're now with a state-of-the-art venue now, the Bulldogs. And I think it's going to make them play better and become a more of a destination club. Adelaide hasn't got a new home yet, but at least it's still got footy park. But Melbourne's the one. Melbourne hasn't got a new home. I mean, they train on a city paddock. And then another facility that is, you know, down the road, not that dissimilar to how far away Geelong is, getting out to Casey. And I think it's a bit of a worry for Melbourne. But your thoughts on whether it is or isn't? Because I, if you're a Melbourne fan, I'm a bit worried that the 
the same thing that happened with St Kilda and Seaford, which was a disaster for St Kilda. It knocked them around for over a decade. Whether that's going to be an issue for them. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. I mean, for Saints fans, it's so much easier to go to Moorabbin. Moorabbin is such a beautiful place again now. It feels like the Saints are home. Where's Melbourne's home going to be? They train at Gosh's Paddock and the windswept Casey at the moment, which is a long way from, you know, Melbourne, Melbourne. Steve in Ormond, you got a thought on this? Welcome to you, Steve. Yeah, good day, mate. How are you? Good. That's great. Look, I couldn't help myself. I had to ring. Just like it just, it, I think it amp- my example is going to amplify what you're talking about, this arms race business. I mean, Collingwood uh, shut down their uh, netball program and said it was unviable and, you know, it wasn't worth uh, pursuing. Yet they took the $10 million that was the grant from the government to update, the, up, upgrade the facilities and then they've moved the men's April team in it. Now, I think that that's a bit rough starters, but it highlights the pressures that the clubs are on um, in making sure that their facilities are better than anyone else's to remain as a destination club. And I, I just, I think that that's a, a conversation that people start to need to have, need to have as well. Where the so you're worried about Collingwood becoming too powerful, full stop, Steve? I mean, they've got the best venue in central Melbourne, really, and it's it's oh. on a very prominent corner, so they get big money for the advertising to have whatever it is now, the was the Holden Centre, the Westpac Centre. It's had a few names, but they've got the best venue. They do have their AFLW team in it, so there is still a women's team at Collingwood that is going to be using that facility. And the the, the other rider mate, on the... Convert- Go on. Yeah, sorry, mate, but they've converted... They, they, they've actually converted that facility to purely AFL. That was, that was set up for the AFLW team um, and... Also for the, um, uh, also for the netball side, yeah. Um, and the money was was provided to improve the facilities for the female uh, participants of, of the professional sports that were involved there. So yeah, I think Collingwood are arguably the most powerful sports club in Australia. Um, you could question, you could say maybe West Coast Eagles are as influential as well over West, but um, I think at some stage there's got to be some accountability as to where all this money's coming from. And, and like, I've got no problem with public money being utilised to improve facilities. But as you say, they've got enormous um, draw power for uh, sponsorship deals. They don't need to go run an hand, uh, hand in glove to the government to say, help us out and pay us money. And, and that's the thing that I get a little bit annoyed about with it. They're, they're no, I get where yeah, I get where you're coming from, Steve. And I, I, the whole Collingwood facility situation, though, to me, boils back to if the government's offering money for something and you've got a legitimate right to apply for it, then you apply for it. I think that's, that's just the bottom line to me. If they legitimately deserve the money under the rules that the government offered in the day, then why wouldn't you? If the government's got... I mean, we're all the same when it comes to tax. Uh, we all pay what the government tell us. We have to pay. But if a rule comes in where we could pay a little less, then we're all going to take advantage of that rule and pay a little less, even if some maybe deserve it a little more than others and some deserve it less than others. So I'm sympathetic to Collingwood saying, hey, under the criteria, we we can accept this money from the government because we've got a women's team at the time. Now, they wouldn't, I don't think Collingwood knew that long-term they weren't going to end up with that netball franchise. Is netball in trouble or not financially? Well, we could argue that for the next hour, but a lot of clubs are getting government money. Port Adelaide's new facility, a lot of that's been built off the back of government money. Geelong's, obviously. Sydney Swan's got a big helping hand. Leon Cameron's going to join us after the 1 o'clock news to talk more about it. One here um, uh, about... Uh, one here, uh, trying to find it. Seriously, Dwayne, uh, Melbourne won a flag in crap facilities. Yeah, I get that. And I know they've been training at Casey for a while, but I'm wondering long-term how it's going to be for Melbourne. That's all. That's just my my worry about Melbourne is how it's going to be long-term not having a home because I think there is an arms race right now to have the best home. But if you've got a thought on it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. jump on the line. We'll get your calls straight after this ad. Welcome back to Dwaynesport. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Dwaynesport for Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brick Lane Brewing. You can find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded 
for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. There is plenty of footy to talk about this time of year. Normally, we'd have the chance to have a chat to Leon Cameron as a coach or Leon Cameron as an SEN footy expert. We're now having a chat to Leon Cameron as the Sydney Swans footy boss because he's taken over that role. Welcome to you, Leon. Congratulations on the new role. Thanks, Dwayne. Yeah, it sounds a little bit different, doesn't it? Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's um, looking forward to it. Jumped into it uh, just after Christmas um, here with the Swans. I mean, clearly I was with the Academy last year for a year. But, um, yeah, Charlie Gardner, who's done a fantastic job as the GM of footy, uh, has, has moved back to Melbourne. And, um, you know, a spot came open. And so um, jumped into it and uh, working closer with John and the coaching crew. Yeah, we've seen footy from all sides. Star player went and coached, obviously, and coached extremely well in a new franchise that was, you know, starting up and finding its own difficulties. And and now you're... Well, what does the executive general manager of football do these days in 2024? I'm sure you've got some fairly big things on your agenda. It's a big title, isn't it? <laughs> it's a big title. <laughs> Look, it's a... Um, yeah, it's a great role, and worked closely with Tom Harley. Clearly, he's a, the CEO of the of the Sydney Swans, and um, and closely with John in our footy program. Um, but just making sure you're across, um, you know, your medical, your high performance, your coaching, um, you know, uh, making sure that John's got everything he needs to to get his list of players uh, uh, ready and prepared for for the season ahead, and um, you know, making sure that's all, um, you know. Uh, talking to each other and, and, and working together is, is the biggest thing in a footy department because there's so many different avenues. And so, you know, and the Swans have been around for a long, long time and they're a very, very big club. And, uh, you know, coming across uh, here and, and working close with all these guys, you can see, you know, why they've been so successful um, here in Sydney. So you're a conduit, you're a link man, obviously, and you're a conduit between everybody. So you will... If John needs something from the CEO, you go to Tom Harley, or if the medical department and the high-performance department need to get together to sort something out between them, you, you're part of that. You Is troubleshooting part of your job as well? Leon's seeing something that, because you've been in the system a long time, that is a problem before it becomes a big problem? Yeah, well, hopefully not too much troubleshooting, but yeah. like in anything, uh, but you're exactly right. I mean... Um, I mean, clearly there's a number of people who report into the GM of football um, uh, in terms of, you know, what their day-to-day roles are and all that sort of stuff. But footy, footy clubs, once they start, you know, tuning out, they, they work like clockwork. And uh, we know what we see on weekends and a lot of fans will see, you know, what's produced on the weekend uh, uh, in terms of the 23 that run out. But what happens during the week is all those things that you just said, you know, how does the medical department talk to the, you know, the high performance department in terms of getting players back from injury or, you know, returning to play, um, you know, development coaches working closely, how much training load they can do. There's so much that goes into a footy department that, you know, my role is to make sure that that's all uh, ticking along really, really nicely. Is there some, you know, opportunity to improve in, in areas you absolutely look at and you throw up suggestions and having the experience of being a coach, um, at the Giants previously, no doubt helps, but uh, equally having you know one of the most experienced coaches in John um, here as well, it's uh, that was the enticing bit about uh, jumping into this role as well. Is there a facilities arms race in a way, Leon, going on at the moment? Because I presume, in terms of your facility, which is the best, and the dogs have just unveiled theirs, but you know the people flow within. You've got a lot of people at the club now, so making sure they are seeing each other but not getting in each other's way. How? Is that a fairly big part of it? Because I presume that you need these people talking to each other every day without you having to facilitate a meeting. The medical, the high-performance team, the, the coaching staff need to be, you know, with each other every day almost. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, I think it depends on the layout. And look, looking at our facility here at Sydney, it's just a fantastic layout. They've clearly put an enormous amount of time, um, you know, led by Andrew Pridham and the team uh, in producing this facility. And, it's, you know, to be a couple of kilometres from the CBD is just an outstanding position. Um, but equally, uh, uh, housing our AFL men's, our AFL women's and our academy and, and, and making sure all of that ticks along and works really well and flows throughout the venue is, you know, people have got to make sure they know their roles and they play their roles. But... Um, I think, you know, on top of the organised meetings, but equally the, the gold is, is the ad hoc run-ins. You know, you, you, you know, clearly you can go and spend some time with our AFL women's coaches 
Um, likewise, uh, the academy as well, but equally in our admin team led by Tom upstairs. That's the goal because having a central eating place as well is where mm. you know we always cross paths. And um, it comes down to that layout and no doubt uh, across the land and in, in, in all the 18 clubs, they're, they're trying to come up with you know, the best possible facility that suits them. It doesn't have to be the biggest or the brightest of what suits the club at that particular time. And I think what Sydney's done extremely well uh, and the vision to, to make sure that uh, how they've laid out the positioning of the women's, the men's and the academy is just absolutely first class. Is it an eight to four or a nine to five day that the players come in for? And is it it's five of the it's four of the five days of the midweek? Yeah, we're in pre-season, as we know. Um, you know, you've got to get a lot of your work in with the playing group, um, and um, you know, you've got your, your list of 44, 45 players. You've got that on your list, and you want to make sure you maximise that over that period of November, December, depending on when you start through that January, February period. And so, you know, you'll have your big days like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you might have a half days on Tuesday, day off Thursday. That could be one uh, weekly schedule you could look at. Um, you know, some, some teams decide to train Saturday morning and then they might give Tuesday off or mm. depending on what you see your group is capable of doing um, and how much load they can do. But we're really wrapped with the pre-season that we've had. Um, you know, I think uh, the layout of the week has is, is worked really well for us. And, um, you know, to have, you know, a lot of our players up and running at the moment doing full pre-season, um, you know, is a testament to our strengths and conditioning and also our coaches and the planning that they do. So Brody Grundy, James Jordan, uh, Taylor Adams, Joel Hamling, how are they all going? Your new recruits, you obviously have to manage them through their new club process. Yeah, you do. I mean, and in bringing players into your footy club, uh, it's gold that uh, you know that we could go to the trade table and bring some players in, but equally some free agents that we thought we needed for our list. I mean, we lost a lot of experience last year, a lot. And Lance Franklin, you know, one of the greatest player of all time, uh, finishing up. Um, you know, Tom Hickey, Paddy McCartan, you know, just through you know uh, you know necessity with 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 the concussion stuff. Like those three players played a huge role for the Swans over the past, you know, one to ten years. I mean, Lance has been there for for that long, and so losing that experience, bringing in some players like Brody and and Taylor um, and Joel, as you said, and James Jordan as a free agent, you know, was was fantastic for the footy club, and they've settled in really, really well. And uh, you know, making sure that they get through that, that pre-season block, uh, which all four of them have, um, they're all keen to, you know. Uh, you know, show what they can do uh, when the season comes around. Do you do anything different to other clubs? Do you watch what other clubs are doing? What's what's changed pre-season-wise and what will change on-field, do you think, this year in terms of strategy? Yeah, it's, it goes quick. Um, mm. Dwayne, was talking off air. It, it goes really quick and, um, you know, we're blinking. We're, I think we're, we're playing the Giants uh, in about uh, 20 days' time in a practice match and then the Lions and then we're playing the opening game. So it goes really quick. You really, I mean, most clubs really hone in on what they're doing really well. Uh, I think the research is probably done more in that sort of October, November period when you have a bit of downtime. And that's probably more overseas. You know, John and Dean Cox and, and um, Jared McVeigh spent some time overseas, uh, you know, just exploring other avenues and looking at different ways to prepare, you know, footy teams and what you can take out of that. So it's probably more looking at opposite. Uh, other sports, and mm. then equally, once you get into rhythm, like most clubs are now, um, clearly you have your ear to the ground to see what's happening. I think probably you're going to see, you know, that fast brand of footy that we've seen that's been progressing over the last couple of years. You know, you look at Hawthorne move the ball really quickly. You look at some Collingwood move the ball really quickly. There's no doubt out there a lot of the sides will be looking at, you know, how you can, you know, score off the back of turnover and, and, and probably score quicker. So speed burst kind of players are going to be more in vogue, and the quicker off halfback, the the, the slow, the slower down process will only be a bit of a change up to stop momentum. It's well, not going to be, yeah, yeah. It's 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 dangerous, Dwayne, because what 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 happens is because uh, you know sometimes the trend will take you so far, but mm. then equally someone might be practicing something you know uh, behind closed doors that they can catch uh, the opposition off. Off guard, probably generally scoring off turnover has always been a a big uh, area of work on for all clubs because you want to be able to master that, even though it's the hardest thing to do. Um, but um, I think um, 
you know, there's still there's still the the area of the game of knowing when to go fast and when to probably move the ball in a methodical way. But equally, a lot of sides will be working on that defensive side of it, which, you know, I know people don't like to hear that. And uh, defence looks like it's stifling the game. But equally, it's a huge part. And, um, you know, the, whether that's in-your-face defence or trying to have the ball in the front half of the ground or, you know, your zone defences, all clubs will be working on that. And uh, no doubt uh, can't wait to probably play those early practice matches to put into play to see where they sit. Yeah, you mentioned Hawthorne. I mean, they have Frost and um, Weddle and a couple of their crazy runners off half-back. You've got the crazy Blakey runs through the midfield. It does seem like it's, it's an exciting way to play. The fans love it. But it does seem like that more chaos, balling chaos style is the way that a lot of teams are going to continue playing. Yeah, I mean, going on last year, I mean, look at the two grand finalists. I mean, um, you know, Collingwood are probably that way. Brisbane are probably a little bit more methodical in the way they move it. But even they love to get it in there quick because of, you know, Charlie Cameron and, you know, um, Zach Bailey and these sort of guys have got leg speed. So, um, you know, and there were some, some fantastic finals played last year. Um, you know, games could have went either way. So I think what happens is, you know, all the clubs will look and assess and, you know, you really got to look at where your list is at and if you're capable of doing that. And, you know, you're a, a really young side that's, you know, down the bottom and progressing through the ranks or are you a side that is progressing into finals? It depends on where you think your list is at. And, um, you know, uh, you know you, you, most clubs will make their choices on where they think their list is capable of. Who kicks the most goals for you this year? Tom Papley, Isaac Heaney, Logan McDonald. I'm a Logan McDonald fan. Is this the year he's going to break out, do you think? I hope all three of them, um, mm. Dwayne. Look, there's no doubt. I mean, he, he comes into his fourth year. I think we remind, being really mindful. And, and when I was at the Giants, there was always that pressure on these high draft pick um, young tools. We've got to be mindful. He's still into his fourth year, but he's had a you know really good preseason. He's a measured young fellow. He works extremely hard. He's really popular amongst the group. You can see that in my short time here at the Swans. You can see he's such a popular young kid. Um, and look, I just think he'll just get better and better as he goes on. Um, you mentioned Papley, um, you mentioned Heaney. I mean, these sort of guys have been around for a long time. And, you know, Joel Amati, uh, you know, mm. he's had a good, strong, solid preseason. Um, Hayden McLean, these sort of guys. So no doubt what happens is these, these guys are preparing themselves for, you know, the, the, the year ahead. But uh, someone always pops up, you know, whether it's at, uh, you know, our club or somewhere else. Uh, it, that's the good thing about the start of a new year. Um, you know, is someone going to pop up from nowhere? And, uh, you know, Errol Goulden had such a great year. And uh, as, a, as a winger and inside mid, you know, you know, does he become a goal kicker, um, you know, with his, you know, magnificent mm. left foot? And so there's so many players out there that uh, can, you know, surprise you when at the start of the year. And Cal Mills, how's he going? Yeah, he's going really well. He's, um, you know, he's uh, he's pre-season, he's progressing, um, clearly from that operation. And, um, you know, his fitness levels are, you know, are, are really high. Um, you know, he's starting to join into some, you know, non-contact drills, uh, which is limited. But, um, you know, we'll get a further gauge on Cal when he sees a surgeon in, in, in a week or so's time about, you know, when he starts to return to, you know, his next step of his rehab. Well, tram my oval, just across the park, a little stroll for you. In 20 days, as you mentioned, you're playing the Giants. So good luck. Uh, a lot of people will be watching it online. We'll all be watching all the games online across the next couple of weeks. Leon, good luck in the new role as well. Can't wait to see you up there. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for your time. Cheers, mate. Leon Cameron having a chat to us. Uh, good to talk all things footy, go into the nuts and bolts of it. And it is a big new role, even though he's a down-to-earth guy who's got a little bit of maybe Neil Baum about the way he goes about it. I think he's the kind of guy that uh, should be able to troubleshoot and I think people will come to him for the chats that need to be done and uh, it's going to be great to see the Swans fire this year. Leon Cameron, Sydney Swans, Executive General Manager of Football. No longer Leon Cameron, special comments man for SEN. We'll take a break. Back to your calls next. one 736 736 Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Keep your calls coming for Midday Madness, the number. If you'd like to join me, anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, the number is 1300 736 736. Jump on the line now. We'll get you to air. We're going to the cricket in around 30 minutes. So we've got a smaller window. 
for Midday Madness. So you call, you get on right now for Midday Madness. That's the Midday Madness promise. Uh, the arms race for facilities. I've uh, been talking a bit about that. A lot of techs have come through on it, uh, given that some clubs are well and truly leading the facilities arms race. The AFL can put, for equalisation purposes, put a salary cap in, which they've done. They've got a footy department cap for equalisation. They've got a draft for equalisation. They can do it through the fixture, obviously, equalisation as well. But they can't equalise the arms race for great facilities. Melbourne and Nomads, bizarre, really, Craig. That's coming through on the text. Another one here, though, uh, on Melbourne. Uh, I think Sydney have fantastic facilities. Dwayne maybe better than Collingwood. I think Casey facilities for Melbourne are good. And I think a strategic move, as lots of families and kids out that way who will choose Melbourne as their team. Sure, that was part of their reasoning when choosing it so as to boost their following um, and ageing supporter base. Maybe it is, but Melbourne, it ain't Melbourne out at Casey. I mean, that's the... You might as well change your name if you like, but it's it's not really Melbourne when you're that far out of Melbourne. Caulfield's a little more Melbourne at least. Uh, it's it's just out of Melbourne, so I'm happy with Caulfield, but it's going to take a long process to win that facility and then get it. I just think they're behind in this arms race. They've got a flag in their kit bag in recent times, so maybe it won't worry them. But Melbourne, they wanted Gosh's paddock. They wanted to build a facility there. Didn't get it. They've put a bid in for a couple of places and haven't got it. So, yeah, Melbourne, it's a concern for me over the next three or four years, but it might not be for you. What about Docklands as a home for Melbourne? Makes sense. That's from Brett. Uh, yeah, not a bad one. Uh, the Tigers' new facility will turn heads. And what a location. 100,000-plus vehicles pass by every day. Puts pies to shame. Only $30 million contributed by the government, raising $60 million internally. Craig, and that is, I mean, the beautiful part about Melbourne um, is... is there is a lot of um, traffic, foot traffic around the MCG for other sports as well. So that facility that the Tigers are going to have, like Collingwood's facility, when the tennis is on, you see Collingwood's facility. When the basketball's on, you see Collingwood's facility. When the rugby league is on, you see Collingwood and Richmond's facility. And at least Richmond's still in Richmond. I mean, Essendon's not in Essendon anymore. And Hawthorne's not really in Hawthorne anymore. They're heading out to Dingley. And Melbourne ain't in Melbourne anymore. Um couple of texts on Leon. Um, love listening to Leon, measured and intelligent. Thanks for that text as well. Very much appreciated uh, on the Leon Cameron side of things. But uh, there's a couple that, or uh, well, another one here. Hi, Dwayne. Enjoyed listening to Leon. Surely he will coach again. Susan, the one here from Shane. Uh, make sure you put that interview on the podcast. I'm going to use it to help me go to sleep. So I appreciate uh, the two ends of the spectrum when it came to the chat with Leon Cameron in Carnegie. Spiros, welcome to you, Spiros. You got a thought on Melbourne and the arms race? <laughs> Dwayne, how are you? Um, Good. What about, I'm not sure if it's been mentioned, but what about the news at the Junction Oval? So that's cricket now. Cricket owns it. So they wouldn't... Oh, OK, so they haven't tried to, to get that, though? I mean, over... over um, um, over winter, I'm sure if they could yeah. cover the pitch up. No, I think cricket use it all year round. Now it's the headquarters of cricket, Spiros. And I think Melbourne had a crack at it. Melbourne wanted it. It's another one of these things like, gosh, this paddock. Oh, the Junction Oval would be great. Oh, no, sorry, you can't have that. Uh, gosh, this paddock, let's build one next to the freeway. Got No, sorry, can't have that. So, yeah, that's the that's the issue right now for Melbourne. Spiros, the Junction and Oval isn't available. Some of the other teams like Essendon, um, they obviously... I'm not sure where they train that, but it's, oh, it's a Telemarine, isn't it? I think Essendon. They, yeah, at least at the hangar is at least at the airport, so I get that. And it is a magnificent facility. So in terms of, well, it's got two ovals now. So you can, and you've got a big indoor, I have been out there to have a look at it, big indoor half oval as well. So it's brilliant. And I think it's fantastic that they've got that facility. I'm not worried about Essendon at all. They're, they're well and truly in the arms race. But sometimes there are some fans who think you take the soul out of the place if you move from a windy hill. So if Richmond all of a sudden moved out to... Well, if, if Richmond moved to oh, Coburg, it wouldn't quite be Richmond anymore, would it? No. But why wouldn't they not actually still be at Windy Hill? Couldn't they... Like, couldn't they have... Been, like that, I mean, there's, everything would be there for them to, to improve on, wouldn't they? I mean, I can... Not big enough. Not big enough, Spiros. And the, they couldn't get the. They wanted the bowling club, but couldn't get that. Otherwise, they might have been able to build something big enough there, Spiros. But they couldn't get it. 
I mean, they're, they're not losing the arms race like I think Melbourne is right now, but, um, you know, because they've got a great facility. And it's not that far out of town. I mean, Tullamarine's pretty close. You've got a freeway to get there. It's pretty quick. I think we've lost you. Uh, Richard in. Uh, Richard, welcome to you. Hi. Well, I mean, Rooney Bonds. Hi, Dwayne. Um, I was thinking, I think you discussed it, but um, I went to Adelaide over summer and there's a hotel attached to the Adelaide Oval. I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought, if they're going to redevelop the Shane Warren stand, then why would they build something like that but plus a training facility for Melbourne attached to it over the rail yards? I think Eddie had that idea, Richard. It would take a lot of money to do it, but I think having a hotel offices over the top of the rail yards all the way over to um, um, Swan Street, I think it would work. Absolutely, it would work, but it's going to take a lot of money to do it. But it would be ideal. Melbourne won't be able to train at the MCG, though, Richard. They won't allow Melbourne to train there. So they would still need Gosh's Paddock to be developed for them. But it would work. I mean, your facility is hanging over the train line and over Swan Street, then you can just walk across the road, if you like, or over the footbridge to go to your training from your facility. But it's still not necessarily ideal not being able to walk out the door of your change room and be on grass. This is true. What about... I just had a second thought, if that's all right. Um, Victoria Park, what's what's happening there? So it's still a Collingwood... To Melbourne to relocate to a Collingwood facility, but... To, yeah, Collingwood's VFL team still plays there. So there still has links to Collingwood. Their VFL team plays there, not all the time, but occasionally. But uh, it is still there. But it's in the middle of suburbia. And, you know, they, they didn't have the scope to make that bigger anyway. But I think it was a... I mean, it's one of the good things about what Collingwood's done. They've got a facility that's not that far out. And it's in the heart of the city. And they weren't really that far out. So it's not that far out of Collingwood, even though it's not really in Collingwood. So it's an interesting discussion, Richard, and there's a few coming to, through on the text. Um, Melbourne should build a facility at Mount Hotham. It's a bit of that coming through, so I thought I'd better give that a run. Uh, save so many people testing it through, thinking it was funny. Um, Melbourne in the summer, Portsea in the winter. Um, there's another one. There's quite a few comical ones coming through. Um, I'll play you something else that is a worry for Melbourne after the break, but here's some news. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brick Lane. You can find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. And if you are near the Queen Vic Market, drop in and see the team at Brick Lane. They've got a beautiful establishment there. It's uh, going to be nice drinking weather on the weekend. You can drop in for uh, a cold non-alcoholic beverage or an alcoholic beverage. You can also drop down to Urban Surf and have a surf. The surfing weather's going to be pretty damn good in a couple of states. James Miles is from Urban Surf. There's an event on at Urban Surf, so you might not be able to get one in this weekend, but let's find out a bit more about it. James, welcome to the program. Great to have you on. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks a lot for having us. And yeah, you're right. Fantastic weather for surfing coming up this weekend. So what have you got coming up this weekend? Because I understand 7 Plus tomorrow from 4.30 is going to be putting a show together and SEN are going to be broadcasting a bit from out there? Yeah, absolutely. So tomorrow we have the uh, BYD Pro presented by Pirate Life and Rip Curl. It's a World Surf League qualifying series event, the only the second that's ever been held in a surf park. It'll actually kick off at 9.30 tomorrow in the morning, but we've got a special made-for-TV broadcast, which will be streamed live on the WSL app and also 7 Plus from 4.30 tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be the, the final. So really exciting day here at Urban Surf and, and, as you say, amazing weather here in Melbourne for the, for the event. Is this one of the most even competitions we'll ever see in surfing because every wave is going to be the same for everyone? Yeah, look, this, you know, obviously it contrasts with the ocean uh, in that every wave is similar. It's not exactly the same, it's similar. But what that does is really load a different pressure on there. So the surfers in the finals are only going to get four opportunities. Their best two scores count. So there's really no room for error there. Uh, and that's where we see just an incredible acceleration in the, in the quality of surfing in the pool. It also means, you know, there's no lay days. You know you're going to get waves for the uh, actual event period. And you know, our, our heats from the quarterfinals onwards, it's, it's nine minutes, four waves per surfer. It's quick, fast action and, and really is going to be amazing for, for viewers both uh, on TV or via the live stream or obviously out here uh, under the sun in Tullamarine. Are there surfers that specialise in this kind of surfing, the, the venues that have surf like yours as opposed to the wave stuff at the sea? 
we we haven't seen that yet, Dwayne. Look, it's probably something that's that's coming in the future of of the sport as we sort of see the growth of, of surf parks. I mean, you got to remember, Urban Surf Melbourne is is one of the first surf parks of its mm. world uh, of its type in the world. We opened in you know January 2020. Um, so we are starting to see, though, particularly you know in some of the very specialist skills you can practice in the pool, like aerial surfing, some real acceleration in the skill sets, and some people that are just doing incredible things in pools. But I think what we're also seeing, and you know, we've got a partnership with Surfing Victoria where we bring up-and-coming athletes here in, into the pool. And what we can utilise it is, is a little bit like a driving range in golf. We can really hone those skills in the pool and then translate them into the ocean. And Victorian surfing at the moment is seeing some phenomenal results. India Robinson is on the World Tour this year. Ellie Harrison, who's in the event tomorrow, is, was only two spots off the World Tour last year. So what we're probably seeing is, is the skills that are being applied in the ocean really accelerating because of the training that's available in the pool. Mm. But without the sharks? Without the sharks, mate, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, there's some amazing things about the ocean, but probably sharks isn't one of them. And, yeah, no sharks in the pool, mate, just good times. But you do have some pirates there. It's sponsored by Pirate Life, the Pirate Life qualifying series. And, uh, yeah, it's Urban Surf hosting the 2024 BYD Pro. So, and Rip Curl as well, part of it. Hey, before I let you go, uh, James, you've also got some entertainment around it. You've got a bit of live music, DJs. Uh, what kind of entertainment are people going to get around the whole thing? Yeah, lots, lots on, Dwayne, absolutely. And, and, you know, look, tickets are available uh, via the uh, Urban Surf website. It's only 10 bucks um, from... You know, coming in in the afternoon, event starts in the morning, but probably about 2 o'clock. We've got free skin checks from our mates at La Roche Passe. We've got our mates at Hard Fizz putting on DJ Shimmy Disco from 7 o'clock for the after party. And, of course, you can come down and test the BYD, fastest growing uh, electric vehicle company in the world, uh, and you can see what all the hype is about with the BYD. So lots on out here at Tullamarine all day tomorrow, but, you know, the action's really going to hot up from 2 o'clock in the afternoon and obviously from 4.30 to 7 o'clock on the World Surf League uh, website app and on 7 Plus. Good stuff. Good to talk to you, James. Hope you get a big crowd. Thanks, Dwayne. Appreciate it, mate. And thanks, SEN. James Miles from Urban Surf. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, you can check it out. BYD, is, it's an electric car, the BYD. Build your dreams. Of course, I'm driving the Werribee Kia EV9. You can test drive the EV9 at Werribee Kia today. Drop down and see the team. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team would love to see you. By the way, I've put something up on my Instagram. I took the EV9 for a test drive down the Great Ocean Road. Took it uh, all the way through Anglesey, uh, heading through Aries Inlet. Uh, it's an amazing car. It's luxurious. It's spacious. It's a joy to drive. It's quick. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. So uh, it's there on the Instagram, a little video. Uh, it's a ripper. The EV9, you can test drive it today at Werribee Kia. Give the Werribee Kia team a call. Back to wrap it all up after the break. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Heading to the MCG for the one day. You'll hear that on SEN in about 10 minutes from now. So a chance to take a couple of your calls late for Midday Madness, one 736 736 If you'd like to join me before we head to our commentary team at the G. A couple of texts on the way to your calls. Um, one here, anyone know the origins of the camel at Richmond's training ground? I think it's their theme this year. It's uh, to endure, I think, is the reason for the camel being at Richmond's training. That's part of their Theme under Adam Uze, it's not uh, every day's hump day. It's uh, we will endure. I think that's the camel theme they've got. Dwayne, how can the oldest club in the AFL have no facilities in the heart of Melbourne? Also, we don't need it. We'll win the flag. That's from Sam, so uh, not concerned about Melbourne losing the arms race for great facilities. Hey, Dwayne, North Melbourne. Melbourne should merge as North Melbourne. Have good facilities. Soon there will be too many teams, so why not? Jimmy, I think there's room in Melbourne or Victoria, for all the teams that are in Victoria now, given the expansion of the city. But uh, I don't want to be losing that arms race if I'm a team. And the beauty now for some teams is they have got facilities, brilliant facilities, in their old home area, which is one of these texts here tells the same thing. They try it, they keep trying, but they can't move the ruse out of North Melbourne. Modern, if not modest, a new government co-funded project to expand the footprint. I think it's great they've stayed in their heartland. Um, and its community and its history. Nick, and I agree with you on all of that. It is great that they've stayed at Arden Street and maybe in time they're only going to play one or maybe two games in Tassie with the new team coming in. Uh, hi, Dwayne. 
Look how St Kilda has bounced back with the St Kilda move back to Moorabbin with the redevelopment. I live across the road and it's awesome to live in the area. So much going on. Take care. Be well, Gordon in Moorabbin. And you're 100% right. The Seaford experiment didn't work. Did not work at all. And it knocks St Kilda around for a while. And they're a lot better off where they are now. Carlton has fantastic facilities and it's in Carlton, which is a bonus. I agree with that. Uh, I keep hearing the teams want to score off turnover and move the ball quickly. Do you think this is the type of game plan that Richmond had in their heyday of success? Is everyone trying to replicate this game plan or is there another version of it right now? I think that ball in chaos has certainly evolved from what Richmond started with, absolutely. There, are, there were other teams that had ball in chaos football as their mode, but when you win flags with it, everybody starts to change and Collingwood loved it. And I love the way that Hawthorne has guys like Frosty running off half-back, uh, have Weddle running off half-back, and I love it when the Lizard goes for one of his runs. Uh, faster footy, Dwayne, question mark. Bring on the ACLs. Uh, thanks for that. Wouldn't be surprised if Brisbane play games at the Gold Coast during the time the Gabba can't be used, and that actually might be a sneaky blessing for the AFL, bringing in attracting fans to the Gold Coast. And you might be on something as well. I don't think they want to play at the Gold Coast, but they might end up playing at the Gold Coast, the Lions, if that big gap at redevelopment happens. And there's no guarantee that it's going to happen right now. There's a bit of an argument as to whether it will be a redevelopment or not. One here, Queensland government won't redevelop the Gabba. Too expensive. They will walk away. It'll be a refurbishment, Craig, and they're fighting that one at the moment. I appreciate your text on that. Um, hey, Pipe, Collingwood Footy Club, we're providing funding for women's sport as we're provided funding for women's sport as opposed to specifically for netball. Cheers, Tim. So another one in support of what Collingwood's done as well. Another one here on Collingwood. To the people having shots at Collingwood about the failed netball team, just ask yourself this question. Where's your netball team? Unless you're the Giants, you don't have a leg to stand on. At least the Pies gave it a shot. Sometimes things don't always work out. Thanks to all of you who've taken the time to send through a text today on that text machine for 40 Winks and Temper. 0433981116, the text machine number. You can send through your texts anytime for 40 Winks and T-E-M-P-U-R, Temper mattresses and pillows like no other. If you didn't hear on the news earlier today, Lewis Hamilton has dropped that bombshell to the F1 world. He's going to join, join Ferrari, which is huge. And if you didn't hear on SEN earlier today, Gareth Hall broke the news on SEN track that Damien Oliver is set to backflip on his retirement plan. So Damien Oliver who went out with a bang winning his last ever race. He's coming out of retirement. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934, celebrating lives. Happy birthday to Port Adelaide's new recruit, Jordan Sweet, who turns 25 today. Uh, happy birthday to you. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visiting Tobin Brothers Funerals on the website, it is tobinbrothers.com.au, Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Big call, team ready for your company at the MCG. So bring you the one-dayer. Should be a ripper. The first one-day international between Australia and the West Indies. So Adam White, Damian Fleming, Darren Berry, and John Donohoe is calling all the action. So that's it for me today. Please be on me on Monday for Midday of Madness. Looking forward to your company at Sandy Golf Links on Monday for Midday of Madness. But cricket coming your way on SEN Next.